0: Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good, morning. Good, morning. good morning. All right. Good morning. Oh, sorry. Um, that was my inner singer coming out of me. Hey, So uh, welcome to Grace Point Church. Uh, if this is your first time, thank you so much for coming here, but joining us. If you don't know me, my name is John Miller. I'm an associate pastor here uh, at Grace Point. Uh, Pastors to Pastor Donna are actually away. They're actually in Orlando. Uh, for a lot of you who don't know, uh, our Every Nation World Conference is actually going on starting tomorrow and so they're actually there. The amazing thing about that is that we have over 5,000 people from over 80 nations that's going to be there. Man, is, is that amazing? Yeah, praising God, serving God, getting equipped, getting empowered. Uh, it's going to be an amazing time. And so uh, we definitely want to make sure that we keep them in prayers. As a matter of fact, uh, my wife Suzette and I, directly after second service, uh, we're going to get in our car, drive to Dallas to get on the plane to head there ourselves. And we'll actually touch down there about nine-something tonight. So I want, just for the record, I just want to tell you that uh, if you're talking to me and I say, walk with me, you know that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to get to the car because we have to roll out. It's not that I'm being rude. Uh, we just have to make sure that we get there to, uh, to that conference. And so it's definitely going to be a- an amazing time. And so we're in a brand new series today called Baggage, called Baggage. Uh, Pastor Rich last week actually uh, kind of started us, kind of interluded us into this message. Uh, he preached a sermon from Hebrews 12 and 1, uh, he actually titled it, I believe it was, House Cleaning. He talked about how there's things inside of us uh, that we need to clean out in order for God, um, uh, for us to get into the place where God wants us to be. And so we definitely want to make sure that we are doing our due diligence and cleaning that mess, cleaning that baggage, getting rid of the stuff that's holding us down, so that way we can be the people that God has called us to be. Uh, We want to be all that God has called us to be, but we can't do that if we're carrying stuff. You may notice that we have all of these bags uh, here. This is, uh, some of the bags are pretty. Some of them aren't so pretty. Some of them are clean and some of them are dirty. Did you know that that's exactly what baggage looks like? Some baggage looks okay to some people. Some baggage is really dirty to other people. And this is just a viewpoint of the stuff, the nasty junk that we carry inside of us. And so we're going to talk about today. And prayerfully, we free some people up. God, Holy Spirit frees you up throughout these next six or seven weeks. And so I'm going to tell you, listen, don't miss a week because uh, this week is gonna be okay. Next week is gonna be better. The week after that is gonna be better than the previous two weeks, and it's gonna keep getting it's gonna keep getting gooder and gooder. Gooder and gooder. So if I was you, I would definitely be here. And so today we're gonna to talk about uncertainty. We're gonna talk about uncertainty today. And so, uh, uh, Uncertain, uh, Merriam-Webster actually defines uncertain as as not known beyond doubt, Uh, not clearly identified or not reliable. Uh, You've probably been uncertain about some things and it caused this type of stress and this type of anxiety on you and it made you feel not so good. Uh, It kind of made you wonder like what in the world is going on because we're the type of people that want to and love to control everything. Look, if it's bad, as long as I can control it, I'm good with it. If it's good, as long as I can control it, I'm good with it. As long as we have some sort of control, we're okay until we reach that uncertain state. Now, neuroscientists actually say that facing uncertainty actually feels a little scarier than facing actually physical pain. That's that's, that's weird, isn't it? Because what happens is is our brain is programmed to um, view things and to see things and kind of... Pave a way for how our world should work. It, 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 it's kind of like if, if I told this side of the room and said, hey, Suzette and I are about to get on a plane, and we're going to fly to Orlando, and it's going to be great. Your mind is already processing what I said. So if I came to the middle section, and I said, hey, Suzette and I are about to get on a plane, we're about to fly to Orlando, and it's going to be great. Your mind keeps processing. And so if I came to this side over here, and I said, hey, what did I just say? And see, see what I'm saying? That's exactly what happens. Our mind anticipates or, or, or tries to anticipate the next thing that's supposed to happen in our lives. And if I would have said something different, your brain would have said, hold on. That's not what you just said. You just said something different because we, we, we have to learn that this is how our, our brain works in, in specific situations. And so our brain is programmed and functioned to actually try to dictate what is supposed to happen next. And so the, the reality is this. A lot of us actually strive on uncertainty. Yeah, some of you are probably like, well, no. No, 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 you actually do. and and, and Because it's all in our TVs. It, it's all in our music. Uh, the TV shows that we watch. Uh, I told a little story earlier in first service that, that my, my wife and I, or actually my family sometimes, we, we love to do this Netflix things every now and again, and sometimes we get to those series that... When that show is over, man, we just can't stop because we want to see what's happening. Like, 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 like those suspense shows where somebody says that, hey, 17 year old boy, uh, all of a sudden dead, and we can't find him. Right? And so that makes you be like, hold on, well, who killed him? And why can't anybody find him? And so it makes you tune in, you're like, Man, the uncertainty of that makes you want to stick around and say, man, I need to see what's going on with this. This is, this is, this is like really good. This is like really good. Some of you may like sci-fi uh, movies and, and TV shows. Whatever it is, we strive for uncertainty. And so what I want to do today is, is I actually want to talk to you about looking at uncertainty in a different light. Most of us when we hear uncertainty or something being uncertain, we're like, oh no, oh no, the sky's about to fall. That's not always what uncertainty is. Sometimes being uncertain about certain things is God's way of getting you closer to Him and building you up to be the strong person that He created you to be. As a matter of fact, some of us are probably dealing with uncertainty right now. You're uncertain about life. You may be uncertain about how specific situations are going to go. You may be uncertain about your future and relationships, and you may be uncertain about, am I going to have a job tomorrow, or am I going to find a job for that matter? You may be uncertain about certain people. As a matter of fact, you may be uncertain about yourself, but it doesn't mean that all of this is bad. Jesus wants you to check in your baggage and give it to him so that way he can rename it. And so here we are in our scripture in Hebrews 12, 2 and 3. And it says, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself. So that you may not grow weary or faint hearted. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for this amazing day. Father, we believe that you are changing lives even now. That you're healing those who need to be healed and you're delivering those who need to be delivered. Father, allow us to look to you for everything. And so we even pray right now, Lord God, for those many people who are traveling to Florida right now. uh, to, To join in with our Every Nation family for this wonderful Go Conference. And we pray that you would allow them to have safe travels, that you would bless them, that, that you have already uh, uh, went before us, Lord God. And this is going to be an amazing time that we're going to have with you. Yeah. We love you. We give you praise. We give you glory and honor. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. And so in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, whenever we look at this word, when it says looking to Jesus, this whole phrase is actually saying looking unto Jesus actually describes an attitude of faith towards him. And not just a single act. So what this actually means is it means that we need to look to him daily for strength. We need to look to him daily for forgiveness. We need to look to him daily for guidance on how to stand firm when we experience and encounter certain situations. As a matter of fact, this word look and looking in the Greek language actually means for me to stop looking at something that I'm looking at now and turning my gaze towards Jesus, who is the founder and the perfector of our faith and who is our end goal. So what that means is I turn my view from the thing that I want to see, that I'm looking at, that my gaze is set on, and I turn and look to Jesus because only through Jesus are we going to live like he calls us to live. Uncertainty is like trying to ride a bicycle without the training wheels for the first time. I was telling the story in the first service that my wife and I actually, actually I said I, it was actually my wife, but I kind of stole her thunder because she says, come on, Bubba, let's go out there. I'm going to teach you how to ride your bike without training wheels. I said, hey, this is a dad moment. Let me go and steal your thunder. And I kind of went out and taught it myself. <laughs> yeah, that was, probably wasn't the best thing. But, but, but listen, 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 listen. And so what happened is, is we told him, and he was extremely excited about this until I took the training wheels off. And he tells me, he says, are, are we going to be able to put these back on? No. I told him, no. Once they're off, they're off. So there, there's, no, there's no turning back. And all of a sudden, I've seen this, this, this posture of uncertainty in him. And so what I did is I actually took him in our front lawn first. And I said, listen, Bubba, we're going to teach you how to do this in the front, in the front lawn first, which actually kind of bothered me because I don't like a lot of people, a lot of things on my lawn. But for him, it was okay. It was okay. He, he got a pass. He got a pass. And so uh, what I did is I said, listen, I'm going to hold on to your seat every pedal that you take. He says, are you going to let? I said, no, Bubba, Dad, Dad's going to be here. And so as we're going, he's pedaling, and he's going, and he's doing really good. And so I let go a little bit, and he falls over. And I said, well, come on, Bubba, we got to do this again. And so he gets back on the bike, and he's pedaling in the grass, and I let go, and he falls over. I says, okay, bub, come on. Now we need to go down, we need to go down the driveway. And so when you look at his face, he's like, uh, now? yes, now. And so I, I, I took him, and he's looking back at me. Dad, are, are you going are, are to be here? Are you going to hold him to my seat? And I told him, I said, yes, bub. I says, until you can get this by yourself, dad's going to hold him to the seat for you. He, he was still kind of uncertain because now his, his safety net was taken out from him. And so that's kind of how we get whenever our safety net is taken from us. Now we're looking uncertain. We're like, look, Dad, you got me? I don't want to do this by myself. I'm very uncertain and unsure about how life is going because I no longer have my safety net anymore. I don't have my training wheels. Now you're making me do this by myself. But listen, if we're never confronted with being better, we're never going to be able to do things on our own. And we're always going to be uncertain about how strong God made us and who God created us to be. So here we go about three or four times. I'm, I'm going and, and he's going down the driveway and I'm still holding it. And so finally one time I said, now look, Bubba, I need you to put your pedal like this so you can push yourself. And I'm going to push you down the driveway and I'm going to let you go. He says, okay, I think I can do it. And so I said, you ready? He says, yes. I said, okay, and so I push him, and then he starts riding his bike. He didn't get too terribly far, but he got some distance. He he got further than what he did the first time, and he got further than what he did the second time. Why? Because he listens to the instructions of his father. When you begin to listen to the instructions of your father, all the uncertainty that you had in your life certainly turns to, oh, man, I can do this. You may not get as far. But if you keep on doing it and listening to the Father's instructions, eventually you're going to look back and be like, all right, you just stay right there in case I need you. But now i got this because you equipped me for this. And so we have to be very careful on making sure that we're not calling uncertainty something that it really isn't. Because a lot of us actually call uncertainty as being something bad, something catastrophic. So when you actually even look at the word catastrophe or catastrophic, it simply means to turn or to twist. Now, you can turn or to twist something to be bad, or you can turn or twist something into being good. it's all about your perspective and whose foundation you're standing on. Man, that was good. That was good. And so the first thing that we have to learn how to do is we have to learn to trust Jesus. That's my first and only point. If you want to learn how to be certain on that uncertainty, you got to trust Jesus. That's it. That's it. Stop trusting in yourself. Stop trusting in your friends. Stop trusting in your spouse. And trust Jesus because eventually all that stuff is going to let you down. But guess what? He never will. He will always be there for you. So Hebrews 12 and 2 tells us that looking to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and the seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Uncertainty can actually be the very thing that keeps some of us interested, but it can also cause us and and can be the very thing which, which makes us wish that everything had warning labels on it. Yeah. Yeah, some of you ladies know when you dated that guy back and you was uncertain, man, I wish you would have had, look, I ain't a good dude to date on his forehead. Or maybe when you, when you got in, into that job and you was like, look, this, these people around here are kind of crazy. I, I wish that there would have been warning labels on all of that. It would have saved me so much pain and so much drama. And I know that it was uncertain, but if you look at yourself now compared to where you was before, look how stronger you are. Look how much wiser that situation actually made you. And so it all depends on your perspective and who you're looking to. If I look at it in a a wrong way, in a bad sense, then guess what? It's going to be bad. But if I look at it and say, you know what? Jesus is going to do something with this. He's going to get some glory out of this. Then it's going to be good for me, and it's going to be okay. And so what are some of the uncertainties that you are actually facing right now? Are, are are you uncertain in, in in your marriage? You you think you just want to give up? Is your job uncertain? Are, are, are your your coworkers look? You're kind of not what you thought I thought you were. You you're actually kind of fake and kind of actually two faced. Man, I wish you would have had that warning label on your forehead before I came and set my desk next to you. I wish you would have said, "Listen, I'm gonna act like I like you, but as soon as our backs are turned, I'm gonna stab you." fact of the matter is some of us are actually facing that kind of stuff right now. Or, or, or maybe you're uncertain about your children. Look, God, I'm doing exactly what you told me to do. You told me to raise them up, to rear them up in the admonition of Christ, and that's what I'm doing. Why are they acting crazy? Uh, uncertainty. Uncertainty. Maybe, maybe you're uncertain with yourself. Or, or maybe you're uncertain with your, your very soul, but the fact of the matter is this: listen, God is not surprised by any of this. God is not shocked or horrified by the uncertainty in our lives. He isn't embarrassed just because our feelings get out of control. You know, sometimes our feelings get out of control, and, and, and maybe sometimes we say or do those things we probably shouldn't do. And then we get embarrassed, but guess what? God is not shocked. And instead of you being embarrassed and staying away and running away from the Father, he's saying, look, if you would just come to me, I'm going to cover all of that for you. The uncertainties of life. He knows the craziness that we encounter, and he isn't bothered by any of it. Why? Because he knows us better and loves us more than anyone else ever could. Yeah, we cringe when things don't go our way because we fail to trust Jesus with our entire lives. I've been reading this book by Judah Smith called called, called Pastor, How is Your Soul? And this is what he had to say about the uncertainties of our soul. He says this, he says, if God designed the human soul, then it's only logical that he would know how to fix it when it's out of when it's out of alignment. Yet sometimes we are so embarrassed by our emotions and so freaked out by our feelings that we avoid the one who knows our souls the best. It's kind of like if I like wearing van shoes. I'm not saying I have those on right now. And if those van shoes actually mess up, why would I take a pair of van shoes to a Reebok store to fix them? It really doesn't make any sense. For me, if I'm driving a Toyota vehicle, it's kind of hard for me to take it to a Ford dealership. Why? Because they may put a Band-Aid over the real issue, but they're not going to fix the problem. But if Jesus knows me the best, why would I come to you first before I go to him, our creator? Because the reality is this, we all have some kind of uncertainty about everybody. Look, I don't know what you're going to do with this information that I'm going to tell you. So I'm only going to tell you bits and pieces because I may be afraid that you may go and tell somebody else who may tell somebody else. And now I'm very uncertain about telling anybody anything. And now we just keep all this stuff bottled up inside of us. And Jesus cannot fix any of this because I don't give it to him. we got to be really careful. And this is the fact of the matter is we have to trust Jesus because he's the one who endured the cross and suffered so that we would make it. And it's sad that some of us actually still struggle with the finished work of Jesus Christ. The secret of uncertainty is is actually at times the very place where our strength lies. It's not the place where we should cower down or where we should run away from it, but it's the place where we should actually posture up and dig in and say, okay, listen, God, I don't know what this is. I don't, don't even know where this came from, but I know that you're the God who knows everything. I, I know you're the God who sees everything. Therefore, I'm going to stand on this uncertainty until you tell me to do something else. It kind of reminds me of, 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 of this, this suspense novel in the book of Genesis starting at chapter 37. Yeah, you guys may have read and, uh, the story of Joseph and how his brothers didn't like him too much because he was the last son of his father uh, at the time, and his father had him in his old age. And so the father actually loved him, the Bible says, a little bit more than what he loved the others. A matter of fact, he loved him so much that he actually gave him, it says, he made and gave him this coat of colors, and his brothers looking at him like, mm. like, wh- why does he get all that? You know, we, we we've been here for this long, and you didn't give us any of that, Dad. Why does he and so it, it brings out this, this 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 jealousy piece, and I can just see this as a suspense movie that is the very beginning, how they tune you in is they always say, 17-year-old lost and dead. And so now this uncertainty, because sometimes we strive for this, we settle in and we're like, hold on, man, what what just happened to Joseph? Like His dad sent him to his brothers, but he didn't come back with his brothers. Then his brother says, well, there's a vicious animal out there that actually killed him, and here's the garment that you made him, Dad, with all of his blood on it. And so now it kind of makes you wonder the suspense of everything. Man, what really happened to Joseph? Like, who killed him? Where did he go missing at? And how are we going to find the body? Well, and, and so we want to do some investigation on exactly figuring out what happened. And so what happened is they actually sold Joseph as a slave. And Joseph goes to Potiphar's house, and uh, uh, he's serving Potiphar, but all of a sudden Potiphar's wife caught wind of him and was like, oh, yeah, Joseph, Joseph's kind of handsome. Uh, I, 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 want, I, want to, I, I want to see what he's about. I want to sleep with him. And so Potiphar's wife, listen, it's in the Bible. you got to go and read it. It, 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 I'm telling you, the Bible, just, you like suspense movies, you've got to read your Bible. Read your Bible. You're going to see a lot of suspense in here. And so Potiphar's wife tries to sleep with Joseph multiple times, and he says no. And the last time he runs away, she grabs his garment because she's mad and goes to her husband and says, Look, this is what your servant did. I, I think that Potiphar probably knew what was going on because he knew his wife. But he had to do something about it because if he didn't, now it was going to be uncertain that he was going to remain married. Maybe some of you may have been there before. The things have happened to you, but you have to do something about it because it's it's very uncertain. If you don't act on what your wife is concerned about, it's going to be some trouble. And the couch may be calling your name. And so we have to be really careful. And so Potiphar puts Joseph in prison. And while he's there, he meets these two guys. And one of the guys has a dream, and and he says, what does this mean? And so Joseph interpreted the dream, and the very thing that Joseph interpreted actually happened. And the other guy said, yo, hold on, man. Yeah, um," he leaves. He goes to serving again, and Joseph tells him, he says, look, when you go up there, remember me. And so he he goes to Pharaoh's house, and he's serving Pharaoh, and all of a sudden, Pharaoh's having all these dreams, and this cupbearer tells Pharaoh, hey, there was a guy who told me my dream. He's actually locked away in prison. Uh, We can go and get him. And so he comes and he starts talking to Pharaoh, and he starts telling Pharaoh everything that's going on with his life, and all of a sudden he becomes the second ruler in charge of Egypt. And so we have to be very careful on how we are actually looking at uncertainties. Yes, it was a very unfortunate and a very uncertain situation that Joseph was in. As a matter of fact, it's a very unfortunate and a very uncertain situation that you're in. But that's not the end of the story. You have to go and continue to read from thirty-seven, chapter thirty-seven, the book of Genesis, all the way to the book of fifty, to, to um, chapter fifty, to actually tell you exactly what's going to happen. Listen, I'm not going to give it to you. Look, you got to go and read this suspense story yourself. It's good, I promise. It is really good. And so, uncertainty can actually be really stressful. Most of us, when we're faced with uncertainty, man, I start getting headaches and my head starts hurting and. I don't know what to do, and I'm starting to become discombobulated, and my right seems like it's left, and my left seems like it's right, and I don't know what I'm saying because I'm uncertain. But Hebrews 12 and 3 tells us this it says, Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint hearted. Consider means to think about or to compare. To, to, to think about or to actually compare what am I have to think about Pastor John Well, we have to think about what Jesus endured for more what Jesus endured for you more than what you endured for yourself it, there's no comparison there's no measurement and I know that a lot of us are saying, listen, listen, these uncertainties this is just too much for me, but we have to go and consider to to look at or, or or to think about or to compare the uncertainty that Jesus faced for you. And scripture right there actually says that, that, that he endured all of this so that you wouldn't have to endure that. How good is that? So you get somebody who, who doesn't have to endure any of this. Who died a death that we should have died. And lived a life that we should have lived. To make sure that you wouldn't have to go through the uncertainties of life. So he took all of that for you. That is so good. And so we have to make sure that whenever we're faced with uncertainties and we're faced with certain things in life and I'm faced with not knowing what decision to make and I'm faced with having to make some decision that may be good for me or it may be bad for me or if I need to get rid of this person out of my life or if I don't need to get rid of this person. We have to consider what Jesus did for us on the cross. Listen, he wants you to know. That he loves you and that all things are going to work out for your good according to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And so whenever I'm in the middle of an uncertain situation, what I have to start telling myself is that all things are going to work out because I love him and I'm called according to his purpose and not my own. Now, I want to tell you a, a little history and some of the things, the uncertainties that Jesus actually faced. Jesus' first uncertainty was actually before he was born. A little story came about that Mary was uh, impregnated by the Holy Spirit, and this baby she was possibly going to have was going to be the savior of the world. So, Herod actually, uh, uh, King Herod actually sent uh, his men to go and kill every baby boy. Started before he was even born. And his character was attacked as a glutton and as a drunkard. Uh, he was accused of being blasphemous. Uh, opponents tried to trap him with questions. Have anybody ever done that to you? They, they try to trap you with, with certain questions, and, and depending on the answer that you give, them, they say, aha, <laughs> I, I, I got you. Th- that's what they tried to do with Jesus, but this uncertain situation that they tried actually turned around on them. And Jesus wants to make sure that the same thing happens for you. He he was betrayed. He was denied. He was whipped, and he was crucified. As a matter of fact, he was mocked and endured the greatest of hostility, the greatest of injuries, the greatest of punishment, yet he endured the opposition of men, verse 3, the ending of it, so that you may not grow weary or become faint-hearted. That's why he endured that, that bit of uncertainty, that, that bit of if we were ever faced with something of that nature, this is the only thing that you would see. That's it. Because I, I, I'm going to run from it, but listen, it, it's kind of hard whenever I'm, I, I'm carrying stuff that I have no business carrying it. Man, this baggage is pretty heavy. It, it, it becomes very concerning, and, 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 and it actually bogs us down when we carry stuff that Jesus wants us to give to him. Listen, he wants to lighten your load. But unless you give it to him, he cannot lighten your load. And this is what I love about the faith of God. The faith of God gives us through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, it actually allows us to rename certain uncertainties that we go through. Let me say that one more time. The the faith that God gives us through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit actually allows us to rename certain uncertainties that we go through. So when you go through certain things, people may look at you and say, oh man, that's the end of the road from there. For them and Jesus says nope that's just the beginning they may look at you and say well that door just closed for them and then faith in Jesus stands on this side and says I'm about to open up another door for them and so uncertainty says well my husband and my wife just left me and Jesus says look I'm going to heal your heart and I'm going to send you somebody 10 times better uncertainty says Man, this job used to be great, but now I can't stand it, and all of a sudden you no longer have that job. But Jesus says, I just opened up a door so that you can have the job of your dreams, the job that I want to give you. And so we have to understand that uncertainty is not as bad as we really make it. We have to understand that we have to look at it through the eyes of Jesus Christ. And so faith doesn't give us the ability to choose what we go through, but it does give us the authority and the ability to look at it differently and to rename it. Man, this is getting kind of heavy. I think I'm going to take this to baggage claim. <laughs> I'm going to check it in. and Oh, man, I'm tired of carrying this around. Man, this, this is so heavy. I'm uncertain about how my life's going to turn out. And I'm uncertain if my marriage is going to make it. And I- I'm uncertain if, if, if my Christianity is, is truly real. I'm uncertain if Jesus actually did die on the cross. I'm uncertain if he did raise up from the dead. I'm uncertain if he actually loves me like he says he loves me because everybody that says they love me always turned me down, and so it makes me look at him with uncertainty. But if I take that uncertainty, and if I stop carrying it around because it's not mine to carry anyway, and I lay it down at the altar, at the feet of Jesus, now my pack is a little lighter. And so let me actually go back through the suspense story really quick and tell you how it turned out for Joseph. Because when you go over to chapter 50, and I believe probably at verse 20, he actually is talking to his brothers. After they came, and he says, look, I forgive you guys. I, I know what you did, and-, and-, and it was definitely wrong. And he says this in verse 20. He says, what you meant for evil... Listen, listen, faith in God will allow you to rename the certain uncertainties that you've gone through. He says what you meant for evil, God turns it around and makes it good. So because you fired me on this job, God gave me a different job. Because you left me, God gave me someone even better who loves me and someone Who cherishes me? Because now I no longer have money to pay my bills. All of a sudden, God blesses you with stuff. (laughs) Man, faith allows you to look at uncertainty in a different light. The devil wants to sift you like wheat. Scripture says that the devil comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But then Jesus says, but I came to give you life and life more abundantly. The devil wants to come and he wants to take your family out. And Jesus said, I know it looks really bad. And I know your children are wandering away. I know you feel like you don't want to be here anymore. I know all of this is happening to you, but I need for you to come and pray to me. Because if you give me, if you give me all of your uncertainties, I'll carry it for you and I'll lighten your load. Because I'm the one who suffered for you. You didn't suffer for me. I'm the one who carried the weight upon my shoulders. Nobody else could do that. I'm the one who left my throne sitting at the right hand of my father to come and walk with you to make sure that you had a better way. To make sure that you had an example. To show you that even in the face in the middle of these uncertainties, that you can still make it. And I want to speak into the lives of every last one of you right now. Don't give up. This is just an avenue that God is using to make you strong. This is an avenue that God is using to show you that he's always had the best for you. This is the avenue that God is going to show you and to prove to him that nothing good will he withhold from you. <laughs> but you have to give it to him. Listen. And I know some of you think that you're strong, and most of you are. But you're not strong enough to carry this. You've been carrying this too long. And it's done nothing for you except for give you heartache and keep you in a state of depression and block your view from seeing everything that God has for you and make you think that you're weak and puny and make you think that he doesn't really love you like he loves you. And to make you not want to give everything to him and not give everything to your spouse and not give everything on your job and not give everything to your friends because you've been hurt before and now you're uncertain about your relationships. But Jesus wasn't uncertain when he went to the cross for you. He had an uncertain moment where he said, Father, if you can, please take this cup from me. But then that bad situation said an angel of the Lord came to him and strengthened him. And maybe you're praying now that, God, Jesus, can you please take this cup from me? But he sent angels. He sent friends. He sent his son to come and strengthen you. And before we go back to this song, I just want to pray over each and every last one of you. And if you feel that you want to come forward so we can pray for you, you can do that as well. But I just want to really pray for you. And I want to speak into your life and prophesy over you and say what the devil meant for evil. God means it for good. Nothing good will he withhold from you. I know that looking forward, things look really deep and they look grim. And you don't know what you're going to do. But Jesus made a way so that whenever you look back, the only thing that you see is goodness and mercy following you for the rest of your life. And so, Father, I pray that in the name of Jesus, that all of these dark and grim situations, that you want to turn around and show them your light. God, that you would allow them to trust you more than they trust their next breath. That you would allow them to trust you more than they trust their next step. That they would trust you more than they trust their next heartbeat. Because the reality, God, is because it's in you that we live, we move, and we have our very being. God, we can't do this without you. So I pray now. That you would release depression and you would release stress and you would release these uncertainties, this bad view of uncertainty. Let them know, God, that that you're calling them up for a certain reason. Because they're going to have to go out and become world changers and unless they know what they're doing and how it feels, they're not going to be able to change the world. Father, let them know that a faith that has never been tested is a faith that can't be trusted. And so I pray now that you would strengthen their faith. That you would hold them up with your mighty right hand. And that your spirit, God, would cover them everywhere that they go. God, I pray that the very soul that their feet touches, God, would belong to them. And that you enlarge their territory in the name of Jesus. That whenever they speak, God, they only speak what you've told them to speak. Because they've heard you. And they've released their baggage and given it over to you. God, we love you. We glorify you. We honor you. And we give you praise. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.